Welcome to the Becoming You podcast. I'm your host, Megan, a mindset coach passionate about helping you feel empowered to be your most authentic and confident self. In these episodes, you can expect to find raw and honest solo conversations, practical tips, inspiring interviews and insights that will cover topics like self-awareness, self-development, anxiety, health, and so much more. If you're ready to take back ownership of your life and feel confident to step into who you truly are, then this podcast is for you. So let's jump into today's episode. Hello and welcome to episode seven of the Becoming You podcast. I had a week off um, because I was launching my program Clarity Queen, which I've been so excited about and I've just started it and yeah, it's given me all the feels. So I didn't want to overwhelm myself and so I took a week off, but I am, I'm back and I'm back with an episode that's a little bit different because it is my 30th birthday tomorrow. I'm recording this on Thursday, the 2nd of June, and my birthday is on the 3rd. And I have been reflecting over the past, I suppose, couple of months on the fact that I am turning 30. And I think we we all kind of do this. Maybe it's just like a milestone type thing where you start to really think about your life, think about how far you've come, you know, how far you've grown, how much you've grown and changed. And, you know, sometimes there's some some nostalgia there around the younger days. Um, But there's also a lot of like gratitude for being where I am right now. And even more so excitement for the future and knowing that this is literally me stepping into my prime I think that I'm stepping into the best chapter of my life yet which fills me with such just joy and yeah I feel I feel really good about it so today I wanted to share 30 things that I have learned I guess in my 30 years on this planet and really it's it's more of like a diary entry for me I suppose something that I can look back on maybe on my 40th birthday I don't know but maybe some of these things will resonate with you and maybe these are things that you've also come to realize or it might give you just a different viewpoint on on some things in life so that's my intention um the first thing that I learned is that we are shaped by our experiences we have in childhood And I didn't know this for such a long time. And when I finally understood that we are literally sponges between the ages of zero and seven, and we are instilled with information, with beliefs, with all of these things, and that they create who we are. They create internal narratives, they create our value system, how we see ourselves in the world. And, you know, it's not always the most positive thing. But once you are aware of that, once you know that when you are acting in a certain way as an adult, that it's most likely and most of the time a triggered part of you, i.e. your inner child is being triggered, it, it has a profound impact on how you can actually show up in the world and how you can view things and shift your perspective And also that it will control you. Your experiences in your childhood and your unhealed 
triggers and traumas will control you and continue to play out in your life until you do the work to heal it. Until you become aware of it and then you do the work, which is, you know, I'm, I'm moving through that. Um, there's a lot that I have worked through and there's still a lot more to come, I'm sure, because I think we're always learning forever in lots of different areas of our lives, right? The second thing that I learned was boundaries are necessary for healthy relationships, even boundaries with ourselves. I thought that I was selfish for so long if I wanted to put myself first. And again, this did stem back from childhood. And this can happen when we are in a meshed kind of family dynamics where there are no boundaries. And so it's not modeled to us what healthy boundaries look like. We're often told to be, you know, good girls and to please the people. And that is instilled from a very young age. And so when we want to put ourselves first or we want to say no, we often feel uncomfortable and we feel wrong and bad and guilty. And so it's taken me a long time to realize that boundaries are necessary. They are not ultimatums and threats. I thought that if someone set a boundary with me, they were threatening me. If you don't do this, this will happen. If you do this, this will happen. It felt really unsafe for me for a long time. Now I'm at a place where I understand that boundaries are are in place to protect the relationship, not to destroy it. And especially the boundaries we hold with ourselves because we are often the first to put other people first and not ourselves. And if we can't commit and say that we are worthy of setting this boundary, we are worthy of committing to doing this thing for ourselves. You know, we are worthy of um, working out or taking a mental health day, whatever it is. If we can't even commit to ourselves and hold that boundary, then we're not going to be able to hold boundaries with other people. And so boundaries has been a huge thing that I'm still learning more about. Number three was that you can't control what anyone else does or says. So stop putting energy there. <laughs> it's almost like a, um, a note to self. We cannot control how other people view us, the judgments that they have of us, the opinions. We can't control their behavior and what they think and what they say. And yet we do spend a lot of our lives putting our energy in that and trying to control it. And we, we can't. And so removing that energy from there, from that place and putting it into other things, ourselves, can be so freeing, to be honest. And it's, it's definitely helped me feel a lot more liberated in my life. Number four is the less you complain, the happier you'll be. I used to live to complain. And I was surrounded by other people who also loved to complain. And I wondered why I felt so negative all the time. And the thing that I, I found over my like journey so far is that people find connection in complaining because it's the only thing that they know. And so it's not really about the thing that I suppose they're talking about. It's more about finding that connection with somebody else and being able to feel like they're safe. But when you shift from always focusing on the negative and really complaining to actually looking for things to be grateful for, you know, 
stepping into positive circles with with people who you know have aspirations and want to talk about the good it honestly it completely shifted my my mindset anyway um because when we're in these circles of complaining we often feel uncomfortable sharing our wins we don't want to make other people feel like they aren't you know as good or we don't want to we don't want to come across as like showing off when you step into circles of people who are there for you to celebrate you it's a completely different vibe and it feels okay it feels good to show up and celebrate yourself number six people show you who they are so don't keep sticking around in the hopes that they'll change another note to self people do show you who they are we are who we are right it's not to say that people can't change because I, I i think that people can i mean i have changed a lot we're always evolving in our lives but that doesn't mean that they're going to change for you in that moment whether it's a relationship whether it's a friendship whatever if you are in that um hoping and seeing this different version of them that's going to exist and their potential in the future or even trying to save them in some way that is not who they are they are who they are right now and you clinging to a version of them that doesn't exist serves no purpose for either of you that was a harsh thing to realize for me and also empowering empowering and liberating number eight i am gonna forget the number of these i'm gonna have to write down because i have them written down how many what number we're on because it's just wild okay number eight is relationships are the most triggering thing but when you lean into that you can grow exponentially and i didn't realize this until probably until recently this is probably a 2020 uh, realization for me that when we are actually aware and we're conscious beings and we show up in, in a relationship especially a new relationship we start to be triggered pretty easily and this is because intimate relationships um highlight to us where we are not yet healed and things that i thought were healed were coming out and still come out and it's very uncomfortable it feels icky and i and i hate it but by leaning into that you will grow so fucking much and i'm seeing that within myself and it's it's really um i'm proud i'm proud of the work that i am having to continue to do to build a beautiful relationship which it is and i'm super happy number nine is you aren't stuck in one version of yourself you can recreate yourself at any time we think we're stuck we think because people see us in this way or my family know me as this or i couldn't possibly be seen to do this career or have this hobby or whatever the stories are that we just can't change and we have to get stuck in one version even if we're unhappy because it might make other people feel better or it might just feel comfortable for us and this is the thing we are constantly evolving you are not the same person you were yesterday and you're not the same person you're going to be tomorrow you are never stuck as one version you get to decide right here and right now who you want to be and then you get to take action to make it happen you create that and that is fucking empowering and 
I'm really leaning into that. I have been leaning into that over the past couple of years. Number 10, life is too short for dieting. (laughs) Once you learn about whole foods, um, organic foods, and learn about the body, you can make better choices. This was another, like, I guess, something I learned and something I'm telling my younger self because I spent so many years with such a hatred for my body, for my weight. There was such guilt around food and I just, I was consumed by it for so long. And now that I'm not, there's something so um, liberating about that. And once I really learn about how the body works, how, you know, most food that is processed or that generally exists is covered in chemicals and pesticides and is toxic. Um, And I started leaning towards organic food. I started to try and eat that, or I have tried to eat that as much as I can, knowing that sometimes it's not feasible, it's not possible, and that's okay too. But when it comes to counting calories or dieting or any of that shit, I don't do it. I eat what I want, when I want. And the past version of me would have thought, oh my God, if I don't control this, I'm going to want to eat chocolate all the time. And it's just not true. Because when you have the knowledge, you have increased choice. And with increased choice and trust in yourself, you know that you can make the decisions that are right for you in that moment. And so now I live by the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time I eat whole, nutritious, organic food. And 20% of the time I eat what the fuck I want, including pizza and burgers and chocolate and whatever. And it feels fucking great. (laughs) I never thought that I'd actually get to this place in my life. Number 11 is you don't need alcohol to socialize or at all. You just don't need alcohol. And I was you know, I'd say I was a binge drinker for like over a decade because I thought that I needed that to socialize and I thought that people would find me funnier and it would give me more confidence and I, I couldn't possibly show up without a drink in my hand. And it was such a point of insecurity for me that when I decided to stop drinking, I lost a few friends, like my life just just shifted a lot and I'm so glad that it did and I'm so glad I made that choice because alcohol is now reserved for when I want to have it on an occasion like probably tomorrow because it's my 30th birthday then I can enjoy it and I can have it there's nothing wrong with that it's just that I don't need it I don't need it in my life and it actually has impacted me in such a positive way not just um mentally but physically as well my body it just (laughs) thanks me so much for no longer destroying my liver on a weekly basis Number 12 is you don't have to be good at something to enjoy doing it. And I remember my therapist asking me about what I did for fun a few years ago. And I, and I said, I I liked singing, but I was good at it. And, but I also didn't like singing because I felt like I wasn't good enough. And so it would be this like thing of it's a hobby, but it also gives me anxiety. And I'm just, you know, there's a lot of pressure there. And she was like, okay, well, what do you do for fun? That like, it's not because you're good at it. And I was like, nothing, because I have to be good at it to enjoy it, because I base my worth in it. I base my value in it. And that was a real big realization for me. Like, holy shit, because she was telling me how she paints and she's a terrible painter. (laughs) 
And I realized that, okay, maybe I can give these things a go. And so now I do things because I enjoy them. I dance a lot and I'm not a very good dancer, but dancing is incredible. I draw, I color, you know, I write and I'm not the best writer either, but I enjoy it. And learning that gave me the opportunity to open up possibilities for myself and change the lens and shift perspective and think that maybe I could give other things a go that I'd never thought about before because I'm actually not basing my worth on that thing. 13 kind of goes in hand in hand with that one. And it's just because you fail at one thing doesn't mean you're a failure of a human being. <laughs> um, one of my limiting beliefs for as long as I can remember is that I am a failure. I'm not good enough. And if I failed at something, and by fail, I mean it wasn't perfect. If I failed at something, it meant I was a failure of a human being. I wasn't worth anything. And when I was able to really take a step back and be the observer and see that you can fail at a situation, in a situation, one thing at one time in your life, and it doesn't have any impact on who you are as a human being or your worth, right? And that's been a, a, a long, a long journey. And there are still times where I have those thoughts and, you know, I, I go with it and I, and I ride it and then I can move on from it. But it was, it had such a profound impact on my life. 14 is shame is insidious and pick self-compassion. A lot of us live with so much shame, so much guilt. Um, sometimes we don't even know that it's shame because maybe we can't connect to that emotion. Maybe we can't feel that in the body, but we know we have these thoughts around something. Sometimes it's like embarrassment. I felt a lot of embarrassment around things, especially things like sex and just my femininity and expressing myself felt shameful for me. And it's insidious because we feel like we can't share that. And there's something to be said about getting those things out in the open so it holds less power over you. And I've definitely found that to be something that helps me. Having a safe space with someone who you can tell your deepest, darkest secrets to, or they feel like your deepest, darkest secrets, actually removes some of the potency, some of the power over that the, that the um, secret has over you or the shame has over you. And I found that when I could practice self-compassion with myself over shame, I started to feel a bit more confident about myself because just because we berate ourselves doesn't actually make us feel better. You can't shame yourself into doing better because the, the, the motivator there is to make yourself feel bad enough to make change, but that's not long lasting, right? You'd have to keep that level of shame and berating up 24 seven to get the reward, to get the motivation. And it's not sustainable. That's why shame doesn't work as a motivator to actually get you to change. Acceptance of self is what allows you to come at things from a place of, okay, this is where I am. This is what I'm feeling. And I accept that. And that means that I can make change because I am, I'm in control. 15 is that self-awareness is the biggest gift you can give yourself. 
holy shit, people go their entire lives never questioning their belief system, their thoughts, why they're unhappy, why they can't set boundaries, why they're in unhealthy relationships. And it's wild to me that like most people never address this because it's so liberating on the other side. I mean, fuck, it's hard. This healing journey is is not linear and it's had some fucking rough patches and it will continue to do so because that's life. But I am so glad that I'm awake, that I get to be the observer of myself without judgment for the most part and get to show up better and be a better version of me. Like it's such a gift and realizing that you're not a victim in your life. You're not a victim to your life, to your circumstance. A victim mentality keeps people small when you actually realize you're in control and you bring your awareness to that. It's fucking powerful. Number 16 is something I kind of touched on before when I talked about complaining, but it is the kind of people you surround yourself with is important. If the people in your life are not motivated, they complain all the time, they, you know, they tend to have like jealousy, they aren't happy for you when you succeed, that is going to have a direct impact on your ability to show up authentically, be yourself, feel confident, to share your wins, you know, to really um, push forward with your dreams because people will always push their limiting beliefs onto you because it comes from a place of projection. They are just projecting what they think is possible out onto you. Now, it doesn't mean that it's not possible for you, but it definitely has an impact on how you're gonna view the possibility and yourself. And so one thing I've learned is that choosing my circle wisely is, oh, it's so important. And I've met some of the best people so far in my life over the past couple of years. And I'm so fucking thankful for that. Friends also come and go in our lives, which is kind of a, an extension of this this point. I've learned that people aren't necessarily meant to be there for the entire journey. Sometimes they're just meant to be there for a couple of chapters. And as hard as that is, when you can accept that too, it allows you to not hang on to things, not keep giving energy to things that aren't giving you things in return. And then that opens up space for the right people to come into your life. And, you know, the more I've done that, the more goodness, the more amazing connections I've made. And I'm super fucking thankful for it. 17 is if you have good intentions, it really doesn't matter. And like what I mean by that is people might be upset by the things that you say or the things that you do, right? Or they might not like that you've set a boundary, or you have that certain opinion or, or whatever it is. Again, we can't control other people's responses or the people's feelings. We can try to not hurt their feelings as best that we can, but we also have to show up authentically as ourselves in our truth and be aligned with that. And so having good intentions is what's important. I can't control if what I what I kind of raise with you or what I say or what boundary I set offends you or hurts you or whatever. I can't control that. But if I go in with a good heart, knowing what my intention is, knowing that I'm coming from a place of love or I want to protect the relationship or I want to build or I want to grow, then for me, that's what matters. And because I spent so many years pleasing other people, 
and putting them putting them first and abandoning myself this feels really liberating to me really uncomfortable in the beginning but i'm getting a lot better at it 18 is you are worthy of love and beautiful connections <laughs> um because i felt for a long time that i wasn't worthy of that and i've really learned that i am i am inherently worthy because i exist and that's it there's no there's no validation needed there. There's no basis. It's not because I'm good at this thing or that thing or whatever. It's just because I am a human. I am worthy. 19 is your trauma isn't your responsibility, but your healing is. And oh, when I was in victim mode, which was for a long time, I played the blame game a lot so much blame being pushed out into the world and that was easier to do it's easier to get angry and push blame out to other people because then you don't have to go inwards to actually make change to yourself right and so my i was blaming my trauma and the things that have happened to me on other people and you know it's not my responsibility that that happened it's not my fault that those things happened right it's not but it is my responsibility to get myself out of a state where that is controlling my life and I'm replaying that story again and again. I am in control of that. Healing is within my power because I say so, you know? 20 is people can only meet you where they are. This links back again to the fact we can't change other people, right? But there are people in our lives, maybe it's family, that don't approve of us or don't seem to love us in the way that we need. They can't accept us the way that we are. They don't see the world through our lens, right? Maybe you, you're you on your healing journey and, and they're just not there. And so conversations are difficult. Um, and this is definitely something that I've, I've experienced. Understanding that people can only meet you where they are and they can only give you the love um, as much as they've loved themselves. They can only give you the awareness to the level that they are aware of themselves, right? And then deciding whether you want that relationship in your life or not. Because you can't change them. You can't wave a magic wand and suddenly they're going to be healed and they're going to see it from your point of view and they're going to understand whatever. Doesn't work like that. Fucking wish that it did. It's been a lot of times I've wished that it did work like that, but it doesn't. So meeting these people with compassion and understanding that they are just where they are on their journey and they're not going to see it from my point of view and that's okay. And can I accept that I still want to have a relationship with them and they still want to have a relationship with me and can we, can we, can I meet them where they're at, right? And you get to choose. If you can't, that's okay. And that's also happened. And I'm learning to be at peace with that. 21 is forgiveness is never really about the other person and more about the hold that it has over you. A lot of us think that if we forgive those people that hurt us, that abused us, that whatever they did to us, we are letting them off. We are giving in almost. We are letting, we are saying to them, it's okay what you did. I forgive you. And it feels, oh, there's, there's anger there. There's, you know, all those things, which I've definitely felt. And when we think about forgiveness, the person who did the thing to you that hurt you 
they're not suffering from that thing. You are. They, they get on with their lives. They're, they're doing whatever they're doing. They're not thinking about the event or the thing that they did all those years ago to you. You're thinking about it and it's controlling your life. It's, ha- it's having a hold over you. So when we practice forgiveness of somebody, which also includes, by the way, forgiveness of self, right? Forgiveness for the things that we have done that maybe we regret. Past versions of us that weren't so aware. We were doing the best that we could with the resources available, right? Forgiving ourselves is as important. But when we do that and we choose to forgive a person, it actually allows us to let go of that hold and the resentment and to just move on to clear space in your heart to move forward. It's not about that person at all, it's about you. 22 is you aren't selfish for putting yourself first. Society conditions you to think like this. And I touched on that in the beginning, I think. Uh, When I was writing these out, I didn't really look back to see what I'd spoken about or what I'd thought about previously. But, you know, we are conditioned to follow these certain rules and put other people first and conform and, you know, not set boundaries and all of this bullshit, especially as women, that we gotta appease everybody else. And I think it's a load of shit and it has had a toxic impact on this generation, our generation. Um, And we are slowly breaking that down and slowly repairing that relationship with ourselves because you are the only person you will go to bed with and wake up with every single day of your life until you die. I always say this. And so that relationship with you best be your most important one and you best prioritize yourself. It's not selfish to take care of you first because you can't give from an empty cup. The two things can coexist. You can love and cherish and be there for your loved ones and you can take care of yourself. It doesn't have to be one or the other. And we're often like, it's often portrayed that it is that way and it's just such bullshit. On the back of that, nobody's coming to save you. So the reason that you need to be the most important person in your life and you need to prioritize you, your physical health, your mental health, your emotional health, spiritual health, all of that, is that no one else is gonna come and do the work for you. No one's here to save you. And so, you know, prioritizing yourself is fucking important. 23 is perfection doesn't exist. (laughs) Can someone go back and tell like child me that? Perfectionism is just a mechanism that is trying to hold you back. It is there as a protection, as a survival technique. And for me, it was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I'm a failure. I'm not good enough. And if I repeat these stories over and over again, I will continue to hold myself back, which means that I won't fail. If I don't start anything, if I don't try anything, I can't fail. And also when I was doing something, it's like, if it's not perfect, it's not enough. And you just get stuck. There's just so many things that I haven't done in my life because I was worried it wasn't perfect. Or so much time I've spent, oh my God, time perfecting things. And now I'm really leaning into just just progress over perfection, just actually fucking doing something, taking action. It feels uncomfortable. It, it is. My inner critic is still, she still pipes up. For example, 
this podcast episode. I am recording it once. It's not going to be edited. This is it. That fills me with fucking terror because it's not perfect. I already know it's not. I already know there are places where I've repeated myself. I already know there are things where I've tripped over my words. That's what I'm thinking about, right? My attention goes there, but it's, it's done. And it's not perfection that I'm after. It's just action. So yeah, realizing that perfection doesn't exist and really catching myself in it when I'm trying to strive for it has been really important in um, helping me move forward. Um, 24, 99% of what we worry about never comes to fruition. And we're often worrying about other people, their opinions, what's going to happen in the future, all this shit that we can't control. And 99% of all the stuff we are constantly overthinking about never happens. And yet we live in it. We live in it. We live in the past. We live in the future. We are very often not present. And so something I've really been working on, something I've learned, especially over the past couple of years, is about spending more time being consciously present in the moment. Like literally telling myself that I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to put my phone away. I'm going to be here in this. I'm going to go to the beach and I'm going to be like feet in the sand, looking at the waves. I'm going to be present because nothing else exists. There is no future. There is no past. There is only what we, you know, we have memories of the past and we can think about the future. But when the future comes, it's the present. It's a wild concept, hey? So it's like what we do today actually creates our future and worrying about what's to come is not going to give you a good future because you're just going to continue in that cycle. 25, you'll make mistakes again and again. It's okay. You're human. Note to self. (laughs) Um, This links back with failure. I, I now know that I do make mistakes and even being able to admit that because for a long time, I was so scared of saying I was wrong. You know, I made a mistake. I didn't want to ever say I was sorry. Oh my God. Like an apology felt like weakness. It felt like failure. And I didn't like it. So I avoided it. I avoided avoided the embarrassment and the shame of making mistakes when we're literally human beings. And I have made many mistakes in my life. And there are things that I don't regret because I don't have regrets because I think that everything that we do leads us to the the place we need to be. But, you know, there are things I wish I'd maybe done differently. And there will be things in the future that I fuck up on or I fail at. And accepting that, really coming to terms with that and being like, it's okay because I'm human. And knowing that everyone's fucking human. None of us really know what we're doing 100% of the time. We're kind of winging it. And like, that's that life. So that was a real big one for me. 26 is part of life or most part of life is unlearning all the shit you were told in childhood. <laughs> yes, it is. It's it's crazy. It's like healing is not becoming this new version of you. Healing is peeling back all of the layers, all of the conditioning to get you back to who you are at the core and being your authentic self. That is literally what this life is about. 27. Happiness doesn't come from external factors. External things, the next job, the next promotion, the new relationship, when I lose weight, you know, when I 
have a baby. That's not where happiness comes from. And I spent a long time depressed and anxious and I thought happiness was for other people. I thought that everybody else was there experiencing it and I was never gonna reach that destination. But that's not what happiness is. Happiness is just an emotion. It's temporary like all emotions are. And, you know, it doesn't come from outside things. And I was so fixated that something else needed to make me happy. And I didn't feel it for so long. Now I know that happiness comes from within. Because if I can be with myself, oh, I'm gonna get emotional about this. If I can be with myself um, and look at my life and be like, I'm content with that. I'm content with the person I am, how I show up, how I support the people in my life. That's happiness, you know? Waking up every day and being grateful for being alive. That's happiness. Being able to see the positive perspective in the challenges that's happiness. Even being able to connect to the fucking feeling of happiness. (laughs) Where do you feel it in the body, right? Like there was such a long time where I couldn't feel my emotions. Now I can. So I know what happiness feels like. And aligning with your values and knowing your values and, you know, making sure the decisions that you make are in alignment with that. That is happiness, not external factors. Other people can add to your happiness, but you should have a full cup first. 28 is people are so much more worried about themselves than you. (laughs) Like, we think that people are looking at us all the time. People are judging us all the time. Oh my God, what's this person going to think? What are they going to do? Blah, 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 blah. This used to be the recurring story in my head. 24-7, whenever I stepped out the house, they're looking at my clothes, they're looking at my face, looking at my hair. Everybody's thinking how ridiculous I am. If I said something embarrassing, oh my God, like it was just, it was overwhelming. And people really are very caring about themselves. If I think about that situation, I'm like, okay, I was all up in my head thinking about how other people were thinking about me. How much attention was I giving to those other people? None, because I was thinking about me. So wouldn't that make sense that every other person is also doing the same? (laughs) And I suppose what comes with that is that judgment is always just a projection. When someone is judging you, they are judging something within themselves. And the same goes. When I was judgmental, really judgmental, and I realized this, the unhappier I was with myself, the more disconnected I was from myself, the more judgmental I was of others. Because if you were inside my head, that self-talk was so fucking negative and critical all the time Of course, it was getting pushed out to others too. There was almost some like, I found solace in pushing that outwards because it was so loud inside my own head. And so when people are judging you, they are purely projecting their own insecurities or things that they have disowned within themselves onto you. It's never really about you. 29 is, dancing is one of the best ways to change your state. (laughs) I've learned this, I've learned this. I only used to dance when I was drunk at a club in heels and I could not dance in flats at all. You wouldn't find me dancing. And now I dance every fucking day. Like, I'm just such a big fan of it and I can't dance. I mean, not I can't dance. I think everyone can dance in some way, but I'm not great at it. But it is such a good way of changing my state, changing my mindset that I just, I use it as a tool all the time. 
dancing and shaking the body, you know, because our emotions are energy in motion. And so when I can move that, I actually feel better. And it's one of my favorite things that I've learned. And the last thing, number 30, I've learned that soulmates exist. (laughs) And that every relationship that I had up to this point taught me something about myself. It gave me something I needed to know. I spent relationships trying to save other people. I picked partners that needed saving or that were chaotic because that's what felt comfortable and safe for me. That what was That's what was modeled to me and that's what made me feel safe. I wasn't happy, but I felt safe. And the more that I got with people who needed saving, the less I had to actually look at myself and do the work on myself. And so every relationship to this point has taught me something. It's given me a lesson. It's made me grow into who I am. And it's led me to this point where I finally met the person that I know that I'm gonna spend the rest of my life with. And for that, I'm so fucking thankful. That's one of the best lessons that I've learned on planet Earth so far. Okay, that was 30 things and it probably went longer than I expected it to, um, but I don't care. I wanted to share these things. I hope something resonated in there. I hope, like, I'd love to hear if you listen to this and you're like, fuck yes, I'm on board with that or, oh, I hadn't really thought about that or I've had this realization. Please let me know. Please send me a DM on Instagram. I would love to connect. Um, And yeah, I'm gonna go and have an early night because I have a beautiful birthday planned tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would love if you would share it on your Instagram and tag me at Megan Scully underscore. Till next time, my loves.